Jules, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Long time no talk. No. I know. <laughs> so Zuko's always dark. I'm very well. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to um, be okay with the fact that it's December 5 and we have like 25 days left of the rest of the year. So, um, and also like, what, three months till Capcom? Have you bought your ticket? I have not yet. I keep forgetting to. <laughs> are you waiting it, until I've, it's I've been like, on. Okay. I've been on the fence. I've been on the fence. I keep, constantly keep being on the fence, but I keep hearing everyone going, and I'm like, "Did you just say <laughs> you purchase and then just get with it?" Because <laughs> you know what, you, you should just visualize yourself seeing it be raised to four thousand, and then and then um, kind of uh, bashing yourself up for it or buying it at two five. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hate right, it when it rises right, to 4K. It. You're gonna be like, visualize, shit, you know, shit, and see what. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Definitely with it. <laughs> yeah, no. So, when I make this post, <laughs> I'm gonna tag you. Be like, December nine. Tony has <laughs> So just to start things off, I know we're we're figuring mm -hmm. things out, talking about you know depression, anxiety, and all that stuff, and we can we can flow and see how this goes. But essentially, we can just talk about you know the the types of us dealing with depression, the types of depression we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our dark, darkest moments are our life, you know, things like that. We'll just see where it flows. Yeah. But yeah. essentially, do you want to go first or you want me to Yeah. I mean, first? I can, yeah, I can tell you about that. When you talked about the darkest moments, I think even though I've moved past it, I mm -hmm. think you, I think we all still experience depression and anxiety in our days. And like I told you the other day, like, it's just an emotion, like it's a human feeling. It's not something we need to label as a negative emotion mm -hmm. that we shouldn't have like i think it's just part of being human like every other emotion we feel sad we feel happy we feel excited we feel brave we feel all sorts of emotions and it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel happy so why isn't it okay to feel depressed it's just another another one of those emotions um but what um someone else told me one day i think it was a uh, joe he was telling me he messaged me saying that we experience depression in moments and i think mm -hmm. it's it it was a good realization for me because we don't really self-diagnose or we don't say that we're depressed until we finally come <laughs> to realize that we've been experiencing depression in so many moments for so long we finally get to the point where we're like oh like i'm depressed or i feel mm -hmm. i feel depressed but it's actually this like repeated behavior of repeated moments over a long period of time and then we're finally experiencing depression for like a whole day instead of just like little fleeting moments in our day um yeah. for me like it was over a number of years, I think, and it actually started with, uh, I think, gut issues and being in, like, first, second year of university. So I started doing the whole, like, travel thing, and then um, I traveled, I did, like, eight months of backpacking. I think throughout that traveling, I wasn't looking after my health very well. Like, I was just, like, eating on the road. I would take, like, overnight buses, overnight trains, go for long periods without food. But I was just so excited about the adventure of like being out there and exploring that I didn't pay attention to like what I was actually giving my body. And so I started to develop all these like these uh, intolerances and I came back from traveling. I had done like middle and uh, sort of central and western Europe and ended up in Asia. And then I got back to Australia and I was back into like you know, fourth year university. And I still the travel bug, but I also didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I was still wanted to go for this finance career. So I came back um, after that traveling and I just discovered that I was just, I was just being, I just felt really intolerant with a lot of foods. I felt, started to get like socially anxious because I had to be, 
I kept reacting to a lot of foods. Then I felt like I couldn't eat the foods that I wanted to eat. And when I couldn't do that, I started getting really upset and frustrated and angry at myself. Uh, to a point where I was like hurting myself too. I would like hit my stomach because I hated the way my stomach was acting. Like I would be always bloated. It would feel crap. I wouldn't fit in my clothes, blah, blah, blah. And it was really giving myself like a negative self-image. But I remember I let that prevent myself from enjoying my life. So I wouldn't go out with friends. I wouldn't even go out with family because I felt like I would be a burden sitting at the table and being like, no, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I can't. Um, it was a lot of like, I can't and I don't want to language. Uh, but it was also like, I mean, it was true. Like I ate certain things and it would make me bloat. And I think over time it became more of a mental thing rather than like a physical pain. It was more like a mental pain because I remember too, like being at home and screaming a lot in my own room and like hurting myself and like, you know, bruising myself and bruising my stomach. And I didn't think that there was anything really wrong with me. I just thought that I was being really upset with my, my body and how it was reacting to food. And that was actually a time where I felt like I hated traveling as much as I loved it. And I actually met a few people while I was traveling saying that like, yeah, travel kind of ruined their life, but they still love it so much. Like it just, um, it opened up their life so much, but at the same time, it also kind of ruins you. So it's taken, they've definitely taken some time to sort of get through that, like uh, period of like loving travel and what travel means to my life. So I, I sort of told myself that I would gut issues for a long time. And then I went out to find the remedy for it. I tried lots of different medicines. I was on these, uh, what do you call them? Like Nexium, these things that just help with like digestion, bloating, IBS, all that kind of stuff. So I did research. I thought I had IBS. I kept saying, I would tell people I had IBS and told doctors that too. And then I went to do some testing. I had gastrectomies. I had, um, I tried trying to help medicine. I tried like a bunch of stuff to help with like bloating, bloating and, um, Oh, sorry, yeah, bloating and gastrointestinal issues. Um, but nothing ever really, like, solved it. Nothing helped it. Uh, and it was funny because when I actually had, like, the testes for intolerances, all I could find that was that I was lactose intolerant, which I never had before. But nothing could explain, like, why I ate, like, Indian food and then I would feel, like, sick and bloated all the time or why would I eat just, like, like spicy food, like, even just mildly spicy and I would just get a stomachache from it. So, cause I used to eat like a lot of like Indian food and Thai food and be totally okay, but now it was not okay. So it was really frustrating. It was a really frustrating journey of eating, trying to be healthy and having proper friendships and friend circles as well. Um, and so for a few years, that was just like my life for three years. It kind of just felt normal to always be, I guess, angry and bloated at myself. Like when I would come home from university or school and then my family suffered because when I wouldn't come out of my room or have dinner with them, my mom always thought she was doing something wrong. She always thought, felt helpless that she couldn't help me because she didn't know what was wrong with me. Cause I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and then I think after two, three years of, I guess, traveling a bit, coming home, traveling, coming home. Um, I still want to travel as much. I still want to work and live overseas. I had like a dream of like being a digital nomad and living overseas. So I ended up applying for a visa for Canada which is about four years ago now. And um, I only planned to come here for about, uh, I don't know, six months just to enjoy the summer and go hiking. Still had digestive problems. Um, still this idea that I was like 
bloated all the time, had gut issues, and I let that define me, like, in and out. Like, it was just, like, who I, who I am anymore, who I am now. So I got to Canada, and I think it was maybe a year and a half after being here where depression got the best of me. And um, I won't get into too many details, it's such a long story. <laughs> but yeah, like I, my, my depression started with gut issues. And then the gut issues turned into like a mental thing. And then uh, that just, I just let it carry on. I didn't really seek professional help for, for a number of years. Uh, but when I got to, I did actually see a psychologist in Sydney for maybe like three or four sessions. Um, and I think she was helping me more with like the career path side and how that was affecting my mental health rather than the actual like digestion side of things. But I got to Canada and I remember I spent the first year in a small town called Lake Louise. And then the year after that, I moved into a more residential community called Canmore. And I went to see a doctor about um, probiotics and I need like a new probiotic because the one I took in Australia wasn't here anymore. So I need to see another person to get prescription for here. And I told her that I had just moved to this little town and she told me just to, she didn't want to prescribe me anything. She just said to just take a few weeks and settle in, you know, and at this time too, I remember my period had not uh, stopped for like, it stopped for like two and a half years and like, I didn't, I didn't think of it seriously because I'm like, oh, it's just stuff and I'm kind of enjoying not having my period at all. <laughs> and mom was like, no, you need to get it checked out. Like, it could be something serious. I'm like, no, nah, like, I'm kind of like, I'm happy. <laughs> but anyway, this doctor told me to just like, um, take it easy, just settle in, just enjoy my environment and, you know, find work and just sort of find your flow. Because I think as a traveler, I never gave thought to the fact that I needed to settle in. I was just so used to like hostel two days, hostel two days, hostel two days, just keep moving, keep traveling. Um, but yeah, she told me to just, uh, just take my time to settle in. And so I did that. And I think maybe like a month and a half after that, my period came back. And then I had also found some sense of happiness I never felt before. And when that happened too, I think a different kind of happiness that I entered my, entering my life. But then a year after that, my depression was triggered again. It was like an anxiety, social anxiety. It was a not being confident in myself, my body started being triggered. And it just started being like negative and lashing out for no reason. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. But the worst part is I, was, I also thought, I had the thought pattern that something was wrong with me. So I said I would be telling myself something is wrong with me. And I was with my ex-partner at that time and it was the middle of winter and I did tell the story in a podcast as well about like the, the day I did consider suicide and I think it was the middle of winter and um, there was a few events that happened like before I even got to that, that point of like thinking about suicide. Um, those little like miscommunication days, me being angry, me lashing out. Um, and then there was a day though that we went for this like little hike in the middle of winter. It was like January, so it was like, cold. It was like minus 15 degree. It was a minus 15 degree day. And there was a lake and there's this trail that goes behind it. It's really beautiful. And we had planned to meet up with a couple of my friends who were traveling down from like three hours away. And I got super like frustrated and annoyed in the morning because we couldn't figure out time. So me and my partner just went, went to the lake first anyway. And we started walking around and I just started, 
just being angry and blaming things on him. And then I just started walking off. I just started walking off on my own. Like I just wanted to do this trail walk on my own. Um, I didn't want, want anyone to be there for me. I just wanted to be by myself. Like why is people around me? Why are people trying to flood me and whatnot? Um, so I think long story short for this day is that I ended up just like walking the trail and you know, I just left him behind. I just wanted to go, go my own. And while I was really determined to just like be by myself and walk by myself and just do this thing alone, I was also craving so much for someone to be there for me. And I was angry at the fact that he wasn't running after me. And I'm like, well, if he loves me, why isn't he trying to like stop me? Or why isn't he trying to catch up with me? So I kept walking, walking, walking. And this trail can go on for like days. It's like, I don't know, a few hundred kilometer um, trail. And I got maybe like an hour and a half in and where there's like no one on the trail, like no one goes that far on the trail. You just, so I just kept going. And there's this like corner, uh, a bend around the lake where you're sort of higher up from the lake shore and there's just like rocks and there's a lot of snow and ice. And at this point, the whole river, or sorry, the whole lake, it's kind of frozen over. And at the shores, you have kind of like big pieces of ice that are sort of, you know, crashing to each other and, and there's like big cracks in it. And I just decided to sit. I remember it being uh, quite high above the shore and I was under a tree. And I just decided to sit and just listen to the snow and listen to the quiet of winter. And I sat for a good like 20 minutes just being there on my own and being really quiet. And there was just nothing in my head. It was just like blankness. There was just nothing. It had no meaning. It had like no desire to do anything. I had no thought about anyone else. I just sat there looking at the water. And part of me was thinking that I was enjoying a moment of stillness and silence. And there's another part of me just also thought like, it'd be really nice to just be quiet forever, you know? And I just, I think I just like sat there just looking at the water for like a very long time. And I think at the time when I was there, I didn't think that I was thinking about suicide. I think I was just thinking about silence. It's only reflecting back after coming back from that day where I thought, oh, like that was me considering suicide. But really it was like me just sitting there thinking about quietness. And like I thought about the water. I thought about how nice the water looked. <laughs> and so it's interesting. Um, so that, that was the day. That was like the moment for me. But there was a lot, many, many years before that building up to that moment, right? And I think I'm still coming out of it now. Like I feel definitely confident in who I am. I can tell the story quite openly now. But it's definitely taking some time and I think joining this 1% community as well, like when I joined in June, I wasn't ready to tell the story. I wasn't ready to like tell it, I guess, in a way that's very like observant and me having a separation from the story. I was still getting through it and still trying to find like, I guess, a, a personality that isn't triggered by it. So back in June, I think I would still be triggered if I was to you know, touch base with like depression or anxiety topics, which is why I remember our first coach call with like with Ryan, I was like, no, I don't want to talk about depression. I don't want to talk about anxiety. Like I've moved past it, you know? And that's because it was still a trigger for me. But now that I'm having this call with you, it's like December now. And I feel like I have found my voice in this past few months mm -hmm. and how that can be a story and a strong point for people to actually connect with us on their journey and get to this, this other side where they're not fearing this emotion of depression. It doesn't have to be that someone had experienced a suicidal moment, but just someone who is experiencing depression in moments. And I think for us to be able to work with that together is, is really powerful. Yeah. 
love that story. I resonated with it a lot. And I feel like this is like the perfect, like for us to sit down and have a conversation because especially coming from the gut, gut health perspective, I had a, uh, with one of my first jobs, one uh, of my coworkers took their life because of, I don't know if it was primarily because of that, but they were dealing with a lot of like a uh, food intolerances. It was just like a bunch of stuff. And he was a young kid about, I think like 17 or 18 and then one day he just didn't show up to work and then we found out about it and it just just you telling your story i can i can i don't want to re-experience this because mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's like a super emotional thing but um it kind of brought that up but i'm i'm glad that you're here you know telling your story and stuff it's very uh to me it's very inspiring um but man this is it my like, geez, <laughs> I'm, I'm hit pretty pretty hard right now. But um, I guess I I mean I can get into my story a little bit and kind of talk about what I was experiencing. Mine was a little bit different. I'm I wasn't much of an adventurous type, you know, going and exploring and stuff. And a lot of my depression came out of like when I was like 12 up until 18, 19. I still deal with it from time to time, you know, bouts of depression. But it's more of like I can I know how to address it a lot better now than where I was before. But when I was a when I was, yeah, when I was starting to get, I, I hit puberty pretty young, <laughs> started getting facial hair and everything. But uh, one of the issues that I encountered was I didn't want to, I just wanted to eat my feelings. You know, I, I sought comfort in a lot of uh, fast food options, stuff like that. You would see me here at McDonald's eating like Big Macs and McFlurries and all that stuff because it just made me feel comfortable and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in response to that, I had people picking on me and you know, calling me names, calling me fat, all this stuff. And they're just making fun of me regularly. And it was just like, and I just sat there and took it because I just was so in- insecure and I lacked the self, I, I lacked confidence in myself and it just compiled over time. And I just let it, I just let people say what they needed to say. I had this weird mindset where it was like, I was trying to please them so much, be a people pleaser. So they could say whatever they wanted to say for them to feel better about themselves essentially, but uh, it kind of, it, it compiled and got worse up until high school. And there was parts, you know, when things are, especially in high school, there's a lot of that where there's like these, you start having these dark thoughts and start dealing with bouts of depression. I didn't realize I didn't, I was having this until like up until high school when it's, you start hearing more about it and things like that. And I came, I came to realization that I was dealing with these bouts of depression and I had with my depression, which was really interesting. And now I'm kind of, as I'm learning more about depression, I realized that depression I'm dealing with actually had uh, consequences for me, I guess you could say hormonally, or I guess you can say, you know, with things like melatonin and things like that. And what I mean by that is with my depression, usually in the evenings, my anxiety would go up and my cortisol levels would go up and I would have trouble sleeping. And then I would stress out so much about not being able to sleep and, uh, you know, for school the following day, and I would fall asleep at like midnight and I would wake up at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. and be so wired that I could not go back to sleep. And this happened, this lasted for a couple of years. And, you know, with sleep deprivation, you know, eating all these processed foods, all this inflammation is going up and I'm dealing with all this stuff and I'm having all these dark thoughts. Sleep deprivation, which is crazy to me, of me realizing now how much of an impact it has on our mental health. If we end up get, getting three hours of sleep every night, you're going to start to go crazy. And you're, you're going to start like thinking, you know, crazy things you're going to start to think you know 
thoughts of just taking your own life. And that was something that I was dealing with regularly. I would just sit down and like, I don't need to be here anymore. What's the point? Like, well, what am I here for? You know, I'm just sitting there and taking, I have one perspective of me going to school. That's the only perspective I have and me constantly being picked on and bullied there. And I'm just sitting there and taking it, want, want to please people, but it's making me feel worse. And there was one point where I just started essentially just crying to my mom. And I was like, I'm having these thoughts. I'm not happy with where I where I'm at. This is what I'm dealing with. I want to lose weight. People are picking on me. People are like bothering me. Blah blah blah. And she, for her, her her response was like, "Let's do let's do something about it." Mm-hmm. She didn't know what exactly to do about it, but she was like, "The main like you're telling me like you want to drop this weight. People are picking on you for your weight. Let's start working out." At first, I despised it, but I started to realize as a result of it of me doing some sort of physical activity. And I started feeling better as a result of it. And it gave me something to work towards. And I kept pursuing this path of just constantly improving myself. And at first, like I said, like I was super impatient. I was like, I want this weight to come off. I need this weight to come off. I'm getting picked on and bullied every single day. And then like three or four months down the line, my weight just started dropping like crazy. I just lost a bunch of weight. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm a completely different person. Hmm. And I started to build... And it's kind of funny to say this, but I started to build a, an identity around the fitness stuff. So I started becoming like, I wouldn't say I was getting super bro-ish, you know, with the fitness stuff, because there's a lot of that uh, bro-ish stuff when people start working out. But there was still that I started to realize, like, what people were saying did not correlate to who I was as a person. And it took that physical activity for me to realize that. And when I lost the weight, and I was like, all right, I'm going to be lifting weights now, I'm going to try to get, you know, some muscle and things like that. And then they're like, you know what, you're not going to, you're not going to get bigger. You're not going to do this. And I just kept hearing, you know, them telling me this stuff. I'm like, I already lost the weight. So I'm going to try this out and see what happens. And then lo and behold, I start, I start gaining, you know, muscle and things like that. And then everything they were saying towards the end, like my biggest turning point was my junior year is when I had my worst bout of, you know, just taking my own life and things like that. And then towards the end of my junior year, that's when the, like this upwards thing, because at that point I was like, there at the back of my mind, I was sitting there and I was like, there has to be an opposite side to what I'm feeling right now. And I want to pr- like pursue that opposite. I want to find that opposite feeling. And w- with the physical activity and stuff, fast forward to, you know, the end of junior, senior year, junior year, I started losing the weight. Senior year, I started to gain the muscle. And then like when people would try to pick on me or bully me, I would just laugh at their face. Like, I would just like, in response, like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not me. Like, what are you saying? Like, and then uh, I started talking smack back. And then they started to, I kind of realized like, when it's like guys doing that, they're like more so trying to test you and see how you respond to it. And then me responding back, they actually, it's funny enough, I, I actually make fun, uh, not make, make fun of them, but I tell them these sto- these stories regularly now. And uh, they they're, they respected me more because of me respond like responding back and talking back to them. And then they, they, I've had talks with a bunch of them after this and they're like, you know, some of them felt really bad about it. And others (laughs) are like, you know, this, this built character, this built character. I'm like, shut up. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I I did not have to deal with all that. But um, some of the guys, which is really awesome that I came to realization was some of them was like, they were sitting there and like, you know, I want to apologize to you for what I said throughout high school and what you were dealing with you actually inspired me to get on my fitness journey because I saw what you did and I saw what you could become as a result of it. And that kind of touched me a lot going through this process. And it, 
I started to see that light basically at the end of the tunnel of me just constantly work, working on improving myself. And I was like, this is only one aspect of my life with exercise. What if I can do this for my mind? What if I can improve my mind as well? And I started getting into like reading a lot of personal development stuff. I always, as since I was a very young kid, I always wanted to do like an entrepreneurial venture. And I wanted to, you know, start my own business and things like that. Even though my parent, my dad is like, he has his own business and stuff. My dad did not want me to do that because he's like, his job was like manual labor and stuff. And he's like, I don't want you to be that, go to school and all that stuff. But like, I went to school for business and I was still trying to start my own business. And uh, I, the one thing that was holding me back was like those negative voices from the past. Like they kept coming back and it was like, oh, you know, if you try this, you're going to fail and all this stuff. And that fear was holding me back while I was in college. And then I started getting this, um, I started getting my, I got my full-time job working at this rental car agency and stuff. And during that time, the, some of the, the depression was coming back because I was working 50 to 60 hours a week at that job, just working 10 to 12 hour days, just being miserable. And I'm like, I'm not focusing on improving myself mm-hmm. like I used to. I'm still getting the activity of exercise in because I know that exercise was relieving my stress, but I wasn't improving myself mentally as well. And then what, what the turning point was, I started listening to podcasts. I, yeah. I did not listen to podcasts at all until I started like listening to it at that time. It was like Gary Vaynerchuk and all that stuff. And then um, with time, I think I was listening to, uh, it was like this turning point and I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, I think, or it was like, it was like either Ryan's podcast with Gary or Gary's podcast with Ryan. Yeah. And I was listening to this, you know, this process of him talking about, you know, doing your thing, 25 sales a day, you know, the whole entire <laughs> at the $30 price point and everything. And I was like, that was like, all right, I'm going to listen to this Ryan guy a little bit more. I'm just going to jump the gun and just start my business while I'm working this job. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of overwhelming. So what I did was I quit the job and I had no other job. So I was just like, I'm going to quit. And I regret some of it to this day, <laughs> but I mean, things worked out pretty well. But uh, one of those things where it's like, I quit it and I was the happiest I, I was I was ever. Like I was unemployed and I was super happy. I'm like loving life, you know, starting my own business, doing all this stuff. And I, I kind of realized, like, there's this stuff, like, especially in your childhood, there are things that you you can look back at and you're like, you know, there's some, these little moments where you found some inspiration towards something or something touched you in a way where it kind of excited you. And it was, it was like an adventure of the sort. And one thing that always came to mind was, you know, the entrepreneurial lifestyle. I watched a lot of Marvel and DC. I watched, my favorite was Batman and Iron Man. And they're like Tony Stark, wealthy guy. Uh, Bruce Wayne, wealthy guy, but then he's Batman in the evenings and stuff like that. And I was like, I want to be that guy, you know, as at a young age. And that kind of inspired a lot of the entrepreneurial stuff, and which is crazy to look think about now. But uh, today, it's this thing where I kind of realized um, I wanted to pay it forward, especially with what I'm feeling, you know, with mental health stuff. And I'm glad we're talking about mm-hmm. this because I think it's so important to talk about this because everyone has different avenues of depression. And I I kind of pinpoint my depression as dealing with, even though I was like picked on and bullied for like self-esteem and stuff like that, I felt like I had no meaning in my life and I was depressed as a result of that. Like, I felt like, what's the point of doing everything that I'm doing right now at my lowest point? You know, I'm going to school for what, blah, 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 and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, when I started doing the activity and I started moving my body and I started finding meaning in that, I started, I'm like, all right, let me branch out to these other things and see what I like and kind of pivot in that direction. And I think that process of finding that that sort of happiness happiness comes and goes but it's a very dynamic process in that you know you're constantly working towards improving yourself and making this progress in some way and in doing so 
you build this like I don't want to say it's like it's just lingering in the background this level of happiness but I feel like if you work towards this progress and you do the things that you enjoy and that you're excited yeah. about and it doesn't have to be like something that you're passionate about it could be something that you like I'm really good at this I'm going to work towards being really good at this and it's something that you just feel like it's your essentially your duty to do yeah. I feel like that helps build this you know experience and helps build this happiness over time in that like you're you're constantly working on improving and building the skill set and just becoming uh i guess you could say valuable in certain things like if you're you know with your career opportunities and things like that and over time you can look back and be like look at all this progress i made i'm actually really happy of everything that i've done i've done and i talk about this a lot with um my show too is like building your fitness resume or your exercise resume where it's like, you know what? I never would have thought I would be able to squat 300 pounds on my back, but I'm doing it. And I look mm -hmm. back and it's like, I never would have thought 200 pounds on my back. I never would have thought hundred pounds on my back, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, building this, you can, for some people, they can find um, that meaning in that and just pursuing that. And it could be something so small like that. It doesn't have to be this gigantic, you know, overarching thing where you're like, I'm going to save the world because it's like, that's overwhelming. I say like, you know, start with the smallest action and build up from it over time. And that's what essentially what I did. And yeah, that's pretty much, my, I mean, I was rambling, but that's pretty much my story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. It's really insightful. I had like so many, um, yeah, like, like you said, for, for my story too, a lot of alignment, aligning points and things that you mentioned too, about like goal setting, feeling purpose, finding your happiness, finding your joy. And I think there's like definitely a point for a lot of people before they get into this like brand building part where you're trying to find like who's your who. A lot of us are just like, what's my purpose and where's mm -hmm. my happiness? We're chasing these things. Think about myself a lot. So this past week, I feel like I've been going this little like dip, you know, um, and it's I've started to think more about like my self worth, my self image. And I didn't have that. Like the week after coming back from Brooks' event, I was on a high. I was like so excited to create all this stuff for everyone. It gave me more of a, a feeling of purpose when the stuff I could create could help someone else in their journey. So I was more about thinking about someone else's life. And I think when you do that, you, you focus less on yourself and your fear and anxiety and whatnot. This just doesn't come up. It just doesn't come up when you're, when you're trying to create for someone else. And I think that's what I've been trying to practice. I've been trying to train myself to just think about someone else because it's when I think about myself that fear shows up. When you talked about uh, the time when you felt like, you know, what's the, what's the point of you exercising? And then when you start to exercise more and build this capacity for yourself, you start to feel like you had more meaning in your life. What what was that then? So it, it was that, that simple act. Like, are, are you asking like with the physical activity, how I got to that? You know, where I was like, oh, um, I have some sort of meaning in my life. Is that yeah. what you're asking? Specifically? Yeah. So it, it, it honestly, it sounds so simple, but it was the activity. Excuse me. It, it's one of those things where I had something to keep progressing in, okay. like just to keep getting better in. And this actually helped me, you know, I was like, man, I'm getting good at something. Okay. Because in the past, it was one of those things where and I, I, I didn't mention this, but I should have now that I, now we're talking about it. But. One of the things that I dealt with a lot with my depression, my self-esteem and stuff is every little thing that I did in the past, I didn't try as a, a lot in it. And what I mean by that is whenever I tried to learn how to you know, do some sort of activity, I would feel like, oh, I'm going to be embarrassing myself with this. So what's the point? Like, what's the point? And, and it kind of bled into everything. 
and my school, my grades started to suffer. I, sat, I, I stopped trying at school, you know, up until the end of high school where things were just, you know, going upwards. And I'm like, all right, let me try to add things, you know. But um, it was one of those things where every little thing that I tried to do, if I messed up or I was sloppy at it, I was like, I'm not trying this. I don't want to embarrass myself or whatever. And like over time with, with a physical activity, like I, I was getting embarrassed at the physical activity. My personal trainer was like, you know, he... Because I was, I was that type of person where I would just like want to quit and give up. And he's like, no, I'm going to make you work extra hard. I'm going to embarrass you some more type of thing. And uh, it, it was actually the motivation I, I liked over time. But at first I was like, screw this guy. But um, anyway, it was one of those things where it, it was that where I started trying and then I started seeing the results after trying. And I kind of came to a realization that when you start, it takes a while to see that exponential growth, but it happens in spurts. It happens in months, mm-hmm. you know, down the line. And that's what the exercise with weight loss and muscle gain, it's like weight loss is never consistent. It's very inconsistent, especially if you're a lady and you're dealing with, you know, with your hormones and stuff like that. It's a lot more difficult for a lady to lose weight than what a guy would to lose weight, but it's still a process where it's like ups and downs, water weight and stress and all this stuff. And you don't see the progress. And then you look three or four months down the line, you're like, what just happened? I just dropped five pounds, you know, <laughs> and that, and I came to a realization that every, not everything's like that, but I kind of connect fitness with a lot of stuff in my life where it's like the entrepreneurship, you know, yeah. when you're creating your brand and stuff, you're not seeing any progress, but then next thing, you know, you, you look at your community and there's people messaging you and asking you questions, you're like, Whoa, what, what, what just happened? Like, yeah. I, I didn't have this before. And it, it's just that process of just constantly, you know, working on yourself or constantly improving upon yourself. And then that exponential growth comes. And when you see that you build this self-esteem and I feel like, you know, when we're discussing about, you know, especially how you were talking about how when you're in service to somebody else, it makes you happy. I am the same way, but it took me a time to get to that process. Yes, I had to focus yeah. on making my, like, it was, it was like a selfish thing for me to be selfless. Mm-hmm where it was like, I need to work on improving myself. Yeah. But then now I've kind of shifted my mindset where it's like the physical exercise, it, it, I kind of got lost in it over time because I started focusing so much on myself mm-hmm. and I was just being like, I, 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 overall, I was just being a dick. But it was like me in my early 20s, just like arrogant, things like that. Life had to humble me some more. And then like, now it's kind of like, we've, we've settled <laughs> down a little bit. But it's one of those things where I had to focus on myself primarily so yes. that I can yeah. give them to others afterwards. Even when we we're talking about too, I was going to make a post on this where I started to get unhappy dur- during this time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on? And I was kind of neglecting the part of myself where it's like improving upon myself mentally. Like mm-hmm. we talked about where I found, found a lot of happiness in expanding my mind and expanding with knowledge. And I started getting rusty on to the giving on to others part where people were asking me questions and I'm like, I know the answer, but I can't articulate it the best I possibly yeah. can yeah. because I'm not like I'm not re- looking back at that the stuff that I've read in the past and kind of you know re- recollecting you know just getting the information and but yeah it ultimately started with as a selfish thing and then I was like all right now it's gonna pay it pay it forward essentially so yeah I think that's necessary I think you raised a good point and I'm experiencing that myself now where like you had to go through this period of like focusing on you in order to actually focus on other people. I say it to my friends a lot, like you need to learn how to love yourself before you can love others. And this is the same concept with business and building a brand where like you can't just dive into like, who do I serve and how am I going to serve them? It's like, well, how do you serve serve yourself first? Like, have Mm -hmm. you gotten to that point where you feel like you have the capacity to serve others and serve yourself at the same time? 
I love that because that's exactly what you know the the whole entire process where it's like there were there were a lot more unhappy days than happy days for a time, but then over time, it's kind of like starting to be like, all right, we got more happy days than the unhappy days. So that's a good sign, you know? And it just comes, it's just a process of, of continuously, like just going about this and going about something and everyone deals, you know, going back to all of this, like everyone's depression is so different. Like you can't yeah. pinpoint exactly like the solution. And even when I say like I'm helping people use exercise as a way to manage their depression, mm. it's not going to be a cure-all, right? It's yeah. going to help them, but it's, it, 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 to the extent of how much it will help them, it's dependent on different people. Yeah. And, you know, with, with the brain, the chemicals and all that stuff, it gets very complex. But, um, you know, it's this, it's this thing of just trying to figure out and really it sucks because you have to, you it, like the depression keeps pulling you downwards and you have this negative you know, self-perception or these negative thoughts. And sometimes they're not even your own and they're just coming at you. And it's so hard to just climb out of that. And ultimately, like like we've been talking about, it's like the smallest action to slightly work on to slowly climb out of that. That's the only thing we can do. If you need to seek help through like therapy, you need to take medication and things like that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but just focus on like that, that stuff, you know, you go, you go through the process and everything, but then we also need to focus on like, after going about that process, like what small action can we do to just mm. better ourselves slightly? It's easier said than done. And to say like, oh yeah, be patient with the process, especially when you're dealing with depression. It's kind of like, screw you. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, it can't, it can't be that it's, it, it's not easy, but it can't be that simple. But I just ultimately say, just start with something that makes you feel better. And then you might find that you gravitate towards other things and you might find that this makes you even more happier to pursue that. So yeah, I think the reason why people love it is because they believe in it. They believe they can do that something small. And um, I remember, yeah, that concept I learned was about um, helping people do or giving them, telling them like, what, what do you believe you can do today? And that's all it is. It just starts with what you believe you can do. If, do you believe you can do a 10 minute walk? Yeah. Like just start with that. Just yeah. keep doing that every day. I'm glad that we're starting this podcast because like you said, like everyone's depression comes from so many different things. And like, it, it's, um, it's fun to think about like how to serve like a specific niche of people who are experiencing depression, but I think what cures all is actually just talking about it is actually listening to other people experiencing their depression mm -hmm. too. And no matter like where it, it comes from and how we're experiencing it and, and what walk of life we've had, we at the end of the day are human creatures that need to have interactions with other humans. And I think that's just like a first step to, um, to, I guess, curing the depression. And I think it's lovely. I think it's a beautiful thing that we can, we can bring to the world. Definitely. And it's one of those things where I'm sure that down the line, when somebody's listening to this, they, we might have somebody on the show, for example, and they're talking about their perspective and what they're dealing with depression. Mm -hmm. And somebody can just sit there and listen. They're like, holy shit, that's me. That's like me, that, yeah. that is my story, you know, and doing this, it will help people down the line. So I am pretty glad that we're doing this. I think it's pretty awesome that we're we're going to be doing this and we, there's so much we could talk about with this. Hey guys, it's Jules here. Thank you so much for listening to me and Tony sort of tell our stories of how depression came up in our life and what we plan to do for this podcast and bring to people around the world. 
um, we are sort of still figuring out our message and <laughs> this is just our first podcast so a bit of rambling there but I think after a few episodes we are getting clearer with how we want to help people and we're going to bring some people on the show as well um, whether it's me and Tony having individual one-on-one conversations with others who have also gone through or are experiencing depression or it might be a three-way conversation as well but we're excited for what's to come and we're excited for you to sort of follow along um, the journey and feel better by listening to these podcasts if you experience a similar thing. Thanks again for listening and me and Tony will look forward to chatting to you in the next episode of Feeling Better.